Hey guys, so I totally underestimated how much I actually had to say about this topic. Um, so I'm breaking it up into two episodes. This is going to be episode one, and here I'm going to go over just some practical tips and tricks as to how to handle OCD and anxiety in this pandemic that we're in. I'm also going to go over, can COVID cause OCD and anxiety? Uh, how it has changed the treatment world, especially you know as an OCD treatment provider how it has affected people who already have OCD and anxiety. And then episode two will follow up right after this episode. So be sure to listen to this one, but then also come back for episode two to kind of wrap everything up. So we're going to jump right into the trailer here. I hope you guys like it. Let me know what you think. My name is Jenna, and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello. This episode is such a long time coming. I can't believe it took me this long to actually get some notes together and get my life together to make an episode about COVID-19 related anxiety and obsessive compulsive symptoms. So as I'm sitting here doing the podcast episode, I am looking out onto what is probably going to be the last nice day in Wisconsin. Um, it's 70, 75 degrees here and everyone is outside. I have my windows open. Um, and it's crazy how COVID has just painted everything like (sighs) just neighbors having to keep their distance from each other. Um, this morning, my family and I, we went out, we went somewhere with, with our little toddler and it was it's a place that's normally packed and thank goodness it wasn't, but it was just another reminder of like how many things have changed. Um, I was just laughing with someone the other day about how like even when I'm listening to audiobooks in the car or even when I'm like watching a movie or something, I feel like I have that moment where I kind of think they don't have a mask on, like they're sitting way too close to each other. It's kind of warped my perception so much and it's become such the norm that it's just making everything in our world different, even movies and how I am kind of envisioning audiobooks and all of that stuff. So I wanted to give you guys an episode, especially people who already had anxiety, already had some obsessive compulsive symptoms, or maybe even obsessive compulsive disorder uh, as in a diagnosis. I wanted to reach out to people who maybe never experienced this type of thing before and 
COVID has really just rocked their world and they're kind of left like not knowing how to handle it and how to interpret all these things, how to move forward. And I also really just feel for the people who have made really awesome gains in their treatment and, you know, prior to COVID and then COVID hit and, you know, it's really stressful. They maybe don't have access to the resources that they used to. They're maybe needing to wash their hands more than they were before prior to, you know, COVID hitting. And I know so many patients, so many clients who have experienced a relapse or, some type of lapse in their recovery because of COVID. And that makes me so, so sad because no one saw it coming. So from a treatment provider perspective, especially someone who works in a residential setting for people with OCD and anxiety, one day I swear I will write a book about being a treatment provider for OCD and anxiety during the time of COVID-19. It's insane. So COVID-19 has literally changed. It took everything that we do as a unit, took everything that we do as residential level treatment providers for OCD and anxiety and kind of completely turned it on its head. So it's, it has provided us as treatment providers, it's kind of left us with these unique challenges. And obviously anyone who was already struggling with OCD and anxiety, it's left you guys with these unique challenges and anxieties too. So I want to first and foremost validate that COVID has stolen a lot from all of us. Not only has it stolen lives, maybe even the lives of of ones who you know and love. I know for me, I feel like it's stolen memories and it's stolen the potential to make precious memories with my son. Our Halloween was really weird and it didn't, it it wasn't anything that I would have envisioned. And I know in the grand scheme of things, that's nothing in comparison to someone losing their life or who's high risk and is terrified of being in the hospital and all of that. But it is still valid and it's real and it's stolen a lot from each and every single one of us. It has also required us to be home more, which I think has huge implications for OCD and anxiety and the possibility of it worsening or for it to go from maybe just some underlying symptoms to developing into what could be a really, really serious problem. Not to mention the depression that goes along with all of this too. Just all of us feeling a little bit more depressed, um, a little bit darker, a little bit more lonely and all of that. So what I'm going to cover in this episode is one, can COVID cause OCD and anxiety? I reached out to some of you on my Instagram and I wanted to include some of your questions in the podcast. And that was one that I got quite frequently. So first things first, I'm going to clear up whether COVID can cause OCD or anxiety. Second thing we're going to go over is how it has changed the treatment world. So giving you all a perspective, um, a unique look into how it has transformed my day-to-day work as someone who works with this population. Um, and who has to provide this type of treatment, which is obviously to touch touch dirty things and don't wash your hands um, in a very superficial, general sense, obviously. Third thing that we'll go over is how it has affected people with OCD and anxiety. And I'm not just talking about people who have a diagnosis. I'm thinking more along the spectrum. So if you experiencing a little bit of obsessive compulsive symptoms, but you don't necessarily have an anxiety, I'm still here for you too. Um, Next thing we're going to cover is ways to tell whether you're responding to the pandemic in a way that is quote unquote normal, or whether it's maybe more OCD like in nature. So maybe whether you're going a little bit overboard 
um, maybe letting the anxiety and fear take on the driver's seat a little too much. And then the last thing we're going to go over and try to navigate together is some practical things that you can do if you have OCD or if you feel like you're particularly anxious and fearful around the pandemic. What are some ways that you can help yourself and your symptoms at this time to kind of ensure that you're staying healthy physically and staying safe, but also not allowing your anxiety to take the driver's seat, like I said. So what you will not get from this podcast is any specific information about what you should or should not do as far as cleaning goes. Um, I'm going to refer you back to the CDC because that's the direction that we've been given as treatment providers. We are all navigating this together. And before COVID, you know, I would have asked people to determine like what they should do or what they shouldn't do based on whether it's good for their treatment, whether it's good for their recovery versus kind of looking at what's normal and what's not normal. But again, the pandemic came and kind of tipped everything upside down. And I'm going to refer you to the CDC. I'm going to refer you to the CDC guidelines and I will get into all of that. But you won't hear me giving specific advice about what you should do and what you shouldn't do as far as cleaning goes. You will also not hear any advice or recommendations as to how clean something can be. Like if I do this, how clean can something be? And we're not going to go over what other people are doing. (laughs) I know some people really who are freaked out about this and potentially rightfully so to some degree, they want to know what other people are doing. Are you also taking home your groceries and cleaning them? Are you, did you clean your hands before you offered to shake mine? You know, did you wash that before you gave it to me? And I'll get into this a lot later too, but we're not going to go over that. So I'm going to give you some some navigation, hopefully, as to how you can cope with this, but not in the form of giving you information as far as the COVID-19 actually goes, right? Like, I'm not going to go over cleanliness or effectiveness of cleaning or anything like that. So again, I can only refer you back to what the CDC guidelines say. And I think any questions above and beyond, like what the CDC recommends, is going to be leaning into that reassurance-seeking zone for OCD. And we have to be really careful about that. It's hard to not know the answers to these things, especially when so much of it is unknown and so much of it is, you know, uncertain and to be determined. And it's hard when it is something that affects everybody, right? So not only are we afraid of getting COVID, we might also be afraid of giving it to other people because it's so contagious. So like I said, I know that it's hard to not have the answers for things. I know that it's hard to not have certainty, especially for things that we feel are threatening our our safety and our security. But we also have to understand that there will inevitably be tons of things that we don't know about COVID. And unless we want to literally drive ourselves down a huge, huge rabbit hole, and unless we want to make ourselves and our families miserable in the process, we're never going to know to what extent other people are cleaning things. We can never be sure of what other people are doing or what other people aren't doing. We can only control what we do. And if we try to get out and try to control others or seek out information from others about how they're cleaning or did they wash this well enough or, you know, where did this come from? We're going to make that OCD and anxiety a lot worse. We're digging ourselves into just a deeper hole and a deeper hole that will eventually be really, really difficult to get out of. 
So if you're out there and you have what seems like these very urgent questions that you need answers for, like how to clean things or how clean something is, what are the best practices, and it's hard for you to sit with the uncertainty of that, I would consider that to be reassurance seeking more than likely. So that means that it's ritualistic potentially. Um, it's a behavior that's going to temporarily make you feel better. So asking someone, you know, did is this clean? Did, did you clean this? Are your hands washed or whatever? It's going to make you feel temporarily better, but that relief is not going to last very long. And eventually it's just going, ultimately it's just going to feed into your fear. So what you can do instead of as much as you want to ask that question and as much as you want that answer, want that clarity, just try to take a deep breath and, you know, take that moment and resist the urge to ask those questions. That's going to require you to do something difficult, which is, of course, to sit with that uncertainty and let those feelings of discomfort be there and holding yourself accountable to trying not to figure out the answers to those questions. And for some of you, it may seem counterintuitive, but that's what we do in exposure and response prevention. So if you have any kind of questions about how that works or the rationale behind it, or if you want to make more sense of it. By all means, I have tons and tons of episodes on this topic, and I love it, obviously. So scan through some uh, of my previous episodes, and I'm sure you'll find something. Or you can always reach out and ask me a question, too. So I hear so much of people saying that they never really had anxiety or any OCD-type issues until COVID hit. And I want to be clear in saying that COVID-19 didn't cause any of these issues. There is never really one cause. What happens is that there's normally some vulnerability that's underlying, maybe even from childhood. There are probably some symptoms that have been sprinkled in there that maybe were so subtle that you didn't really know and maybe have just been always kind of your personality or the way that you've always been. There were probably always some other anxious themes lingering in your life before COVID. And then COVID is a huge event emotionally and globally. It's affecting so much. It probably was something, COVID was probably just that straw that broke the camel's back really and kind of made everything else come to light in a really significant way. COVID has made a lot of us, most of us transition in some significant way. So even if we're not homebound completely, the reality is that we're spending so much more time at home whether it's because of our personal choice and trying to protect ourselves and others, or it's our work situation or childcare or the school situation. Being home more has left a lot of people with this underlying anxiety and OCD type symptoms to be more vulnerable because that time at home can be really, really stressful and just bring the worst out in us. So being home more means more unstructured time, not a lot of time or opportunity to keep engaging in routine activities. So routine activities might be paying bills, you know, because of financial hardship, potentially maybe doing that type of stuff is impossible or or difficult for you right now. So by not engaging in these routine activities, that can be really, really difficult. It's also hard nowadays to engage in these valued activities or routine activities. So if you really value some type of hobby, let's say that you really value um, working at working and you own a small business, right? Like maybe the small business didn't make it or it had to shut down. That's going to be really, really, it's going to be a big contributor to the increased anxiety and increased depressive symptoms that you're experiencing. (laughs) 
for all my bloggers, entrepreneurs, social media junkies, and general creative hearts out there, you need to be using Flowdesk as your email marketing platform. With its user-friendly platform, you'll no longer spend hours trying to figure out how to put your emails together, let alone how to manage your subscribers. Their beautiful templates are going to leave a beautiful, lasting impression with your subscribers, and it's super customizable, so you can add your own logo and anything else you need to help connect with your audience. It's also cost-effective and offers a really intuitive and easy-to-navigate user experience. If you want a free trial and then 50% off of your actual subscription, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com and click on Deals, or enter jennaoverbaugh at flowdesk.com. Design emails people actually love to get in their inbox. Plus, they offer unlimited everything, unlimited subscribers, and access to all of their awesome features. So go ahead, grow your list. Again, just head to my website at www.jennaoverbod.com and click on deals. It's also easy with this increased time at home to just let your mind wander. So I want to normalize that for people out there too. Like we're all going through a lot right now, potentially. And basically as providers, My goal, we're all trying to find that balance between how do we keep ourselves and our families in the world safe from this, you know, from COVID, but also how do we still provide good care for the population of people who struggle with OCD, especially contamination OCD, right? So the difficulty in the treatment setting has been, especially in residential where I work, we overcorrect, which means we might have people shake hands, touch food items touch various high traffic areas. There was a time where we literally would get in trouble if someone discharged from our program to go to like the next level of care. Um, and they were still washing their hands after going to the bathroom. Like there was a time many, many, many years ago when insurance companies were still a little bit lenient and weren't as stringent about their, you know, admission criteria and all of that. I remember like legitimately getting a talking to because someone went to the next level of care, which was a partial level of care, and they were still washing their hands after they went to the bathroom. And so just to give you guys some perspective, I know that's not how it is necessarily in outpatient, which is the traditional like once or twice a week, but in residential where someone is there with us for 45 to 60 days and they're with us, you know, a hundred percent of the time, we do a lot of overcorrection. So we would, you know, eliminate ideally, not that it was always possible or, or plausible for some people, but we would overcorrect and, and we would try to eliminate their hand washing as much as possible. So it ended up changing, obviously, like I said, because of insurance and whatnot, but that happened. Okay. Like we <laughs> would do a lot of overcorrecting having them do things in public was a big thing for us, having guests visit. So if someone thought that someone, a family member in their household was contaminated, they would come and visit to do exposures. If we had someone who was struggling with public transportation, they would go on, you know, the public transit, they would go uh, and take Ubers, they would do all this stuff. And our goal was to reduce their hand washes and eliminate them if possible. Certainly, we did not allow anywhere in our unit as much as possible. We did not allow Uh, like Lysol wipes or cleaning wipes. We did not allow hand sanitizer. It was, you know, kind of considered taboo. Like if a, if an art, like if a, if a client saw us using hand sanitizer or if a, if a client saw us washing our hands, like we were kind of taught 
for better or for worse, like not to let them see that. So then COVID came, right? And it changed everything. Initially, from a treatment perspective, it came in the, in the form of small changes. So I remember like at our lunchroom, we had like in our cafeteria, right? Like we had those little communal salt and pepper shakers at all the cafeteria tables. And then it was little things like that. Like we moved from those more communal um, objects to more like single packets of salt and pepper. And that was really strange. Um, then it turned into us having to legitimately clean areas of the house and log what we cleaned and spraying things down with sanitizing wipes. And you would have never seen us do that before. Like, even if we did do that for whatever reason, we would not have allowed anybody to see us because it probably would have been reassurance for that person, right? Like if someone had contamination OCD and then they saw the staff members wiping doorknobs down then it might not have been as anxiety provoking or as uncertain for them to touch it later as an exposure because they had that information logged that, oh, yep, Jenna cleaned that doorknob yesterday. So now we actually have the clients engaging and cleaning with us. Like it's their responsibility a couple times a week to actually clean the units with us. So we try our best to have just the basic guidelines and the basic recommendations from the CDC and, and, you know, touching high traffic or cleaning high traffic items when we possibly can, like video games and board games like that all got taken. Anything that was very communal and that was really impossible to kind of clean, we got rid of all that stuff. And all those things used to be such great exposure material. Like as someone who my job is to create exposure hierarchies, I always looked towards, you know, what what is everybody touching, especially when it came to the contamination cases. And again, obviously, we're primarily talking about contamination OCD here, maybe a little bit of harm OCD here, because that's what's being really affected by COVID. Um, But now we can't even use those things as exposures. So it's just been a really weird situation for even treatment providers. And so I wanted to put that out there for any other treatment provider who's kind of navigating this issue with me. Like it's really, really weird and it's really crazy. And I wanted to kind of give you all some inkling as to what we're going through on the back end of things. We don't have it figured out and it is really weird for us too. So we're with you. We're with you guys as clients. We are doing the best that we possibly can. Um, So it's been a tough situation for sure. And it really has changed the environment of the OCD treatment world as far as these contamination cases go. So I don't want that to discourage anybody. Of course, we can still work with you. We can still manage and work with the ebb and flow of CDC guidelines. We can get people to a point where they're functional enough in the COVID realm. Um, We just have to be sure that we're following the CDC guidelines for you to get the best out of treatment and also stay safe. So, so COVID, right? So it, like I mentioned a little bit previously, it has primarily affected the contamination cases, but it could also affect other aspects of anxiety and OCD as well. So for instance, people with OCD and anxiety tend to maybe also struggle with perfectionism. So people may also feel the need to clean items perfectly or get every single square centimeter of something perfectly clean. Um, just know that it's going to be impossible to get anything hundred percent clean, let alone to keep it hundred percent clean and to be hundred percent sure of that, unless you want to live a pretty debilitating and anxiety driven life. Right. So 
we got to get back to that uncertainty that I talked about in the previous episodes and also previously in this episode. Everything is uncertain. And I know that that's a hard hit for people to, to get all at once, but we have to, in order to be able to move forward, we have to be able to tolerate some of that uncertainty. Uh, it also is going to probably affect people who have intrusive harm thoughts, right? So sometimes people within the realm of COVID, they may feel like they're accidentally or intentionally going to harm others or intentionally or accidentally going to infect tons of people with COVID. So whereas I used to and still do get people who were afraid of like lashing out and like strangling someone randomly and, and you know, like impulsively acting on that urge. Now I get some people who are afraid that they're going to just impulsively like rip their mask off and like spit on someone or cough on someone. And it's just really strange and kind of fascinating in a sad way at the same time how COVID has changed uh, so much, just so much in the symptom presentation. So again, knowing that your OCD is going to latch on to this, right? And anything that it is that you're struggling with and it can have the potential to make perfectionism worse. It has the potential to make harm intrusive thoughts worse and also has the potential obviously to make contamination fears worse. So with all these things, we want to try to let those thoughts come and go and coming back to sitting with the uncertainty is the key issue here. So as always, we also want to be making sure that you're working with a therapist. A therapist is going to be able to tailor exposures around your current struggles and any behaviors that you're facing at that time. So just making sure that you have really good contact and really good um, kind of back and forth with your therapist is going to be really, really helpful. So moving along here, some of you may be concerned whether your responses to COVID-19 are normal or not, um, kind of where you fall, like, is this normal? Should I be doing things this way? Or am I going kind of haywire right now? So want to give you some insight as to whether this is quote unquote normal or not, or whether this might be creeping up on some like maybe potential OCD slash anxiety territory. So here are some things that you can ask yourself to determine which one might be the case for you. So first thing to ask yourself is one, are you following the CDC guidelines or are you adding to them? Two, ask yourself if you really need to be doing these behaviors. So for example, if you had no visitors at your house all day and you didn't leave all day, it might be questionable as to if you went and disinfected everything, right? Third question to kind of ask yourself or think about would be, think about the times when the CDC was recommending the washing of your hands, right? Or, or, or is recommending the washing of your hands. So the CDC, I know, just based on the last time that I looked, was recommending to wash after times, like after you've coughed or sneezed, after you've went to the bathroom, and before eating. Are you washing your hands that way, or are you washing your hands significantly more than that? So got to keep that in mind too. Also think of the duration that the CDC recommends for hand washing. So it would be pretty difficult to justify a five or 10 minute hand wash which I definitely see all the time in my work when the CDC is absolutely not recommending that. So if you're a person struggling with contamination and whether you have OCD officially or not, or if you're just somewhere on that spectrum, if you're really anxious about these behaviors and you know and you feel in your gut that this is interfering with your ability to really live functionally and you feel like your anxiety and your fears are kind of in the driver's seat, if you want kind of just some adjustments there, here are some things that you could try to practice that might be helpful. And again, 
As always, I 100% recommend seeing a therapist who's trained in ERP and anxiety if you feel that you need it. This is really just for educational purposes and some things that I think would be helpful. And at the end of the day, if you feel like you need a therapist who's trained in ERP, there are tons and tons of resources out there, especially the IOCDF. So IOCDF.org is going to be a great resource for you in that way. So on to handling the pandemic and COVID-19 with contamination, anxiety, and fears. So first things first, following the CDC guidelines and recommendations and not letting your OCD go an inch above that, okay? Your OCD will want to reinterpret the CDC guidelines and add things to the recommendations. You have to be super careful here. So follow the CDC recommendations and not any more than that. And as the guidelines change, as they sometimes do, you can't hold on to old recommendations or hearsay from a friend of what you thought would be helpful. Follow the CDC guidelines as they are recommended and as they are currently. Do not give your OCD any leniency there to take it an inch even above that. Two, be on the lookout for what we call permission-giving statements. OCD and anxiety love permission-giving statements. So... It's so I don't want anybody to say things like, well, I did a good job of resisting this today, so I can do this over here. I can wash a little bit more over here. Permission giving statements in general are not good for OCD and anxiety. You have to really be on the lookout in these in general because during this time, it's just really easy to give yourself permission and it's just going to negate all of the work that you've done. So be on the lookout for that. Three. Know the role of responsibility in OCD and anxiety. So know that whenever we become responsible for something, we are automatically that much more anxious about it, okay? That's just a given. There's an element of this pandemic that 100% makes people feel like they're responsible, not just for themselves, but for others, okay? So we feel maybe responsible for the vulnerable population. We feel responsible for their your family members, for other people in general. So knowing that the role of responsibility here exists and your OCD and anxiety may latch on to that, you want to make sure that it doesn't really take it any further than the CDC guidelines, like I've said. Next thing here is, brings me to my last point, which is sitting with uncertainty. So anxiety and OCD, like I said, hate uncertainty. It's all about when we're talking about getting better and treatment, it's all about sitting with that uncertainty, even though we are normally kind of intolerant of it. We have to grow our tolerance for for certain for uncertainty in this pandemic. And I definitely understand that with the pandemic, it feels like there's so much that's uncertain. And at the end of the day, we have to keep that in perspective because regardless of what we do, no matter how often we clean or wash our hands or avoid or whatever, We can't be 100% certain of anything. So we can't let our anxiety justify or get permission to go above and beyond or to ask someone for something. It's going to be really difficult to come back. um, And you're going to just kind of work your anxiety and OCD up into a tizzy. And it's going to be worse in the long run. Actually, last thing here is being home related to the kind of being home and unstructured piece. I would recommend doing what you can do within the confines of what's safe and comfortable as far as going out. So trying to make this unstructured time at home, even though it's different and strange and weird, trying to do what you can. So trying to implement these routine activities as you can, trying to keep up with 
activities as you can and feel safe to do. Implementing valued activities and enjoyable activities, so walks outside, making sure bills are paid on time if you can, reading, keeping up with laundry. All of these things are going to help you maintain structure that otherwise would feel like too much flexibility. There's not enough structure. And it's going to help you keep your mind busy so that it doesn't tip over into lonely and depressive mode. All right, everybody, that's it for this portion of the episodes. We are going to follow this up with another episode right after this on part two of managing COVID-19 related OCD and anxiety. In that episode, I'm going to go over some things that you can control related to this pandemic and your mental health and some things that you can't control and kind of how to divvy that up and how to let some of that go. We're also going to go over some supports that you can find in the meanwhile to help you with your mental health during this crazy, crazy time. So whenever you're finished here, make sure that you check out the very next episode to kind of wrap everything up. Thank you guys so much, and I will see you in the next episode. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.